Hi, I'm Ricky Langford and welcome to The Great Life Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about men's health. Welcome to The Great Life Podcast. It's Ricky Langford, demystifying the science of health and talking about practical ideas for everyday problems. So we're talking about men's health, but most specifically, why do men die younger and why do we face a lot of those major health issues a little bit earlier than the ladies do? Well, there are some clear points that we can make on this. And the first one is that men tend to have a real lack of awareness and understanding of a lot of the health issues that we face, particularly in the fact that they don't just happen there and then, they take a while to insidiously become a disease. The second point is that men don't openly discuss their health and how they're feeling with others. We find it really hard to open up and talk to other people about what we might be experiencing, what we might be feeling. The other point is that men still suffer from that stigma that surrounds our psychological well-being. We've still got that voice in the back of our head to say, harden up princess or drink a bucket of concrete. That's not the case anymore. But the last point is the one that we see so often from males from the age of 15 through the age of 70, and that is a lot of men suffer from supermanitis. We're wearing the cape and we believe we're indestructible. You know, things will bounce off us and it won't hurt us. Well, the fact is, men, that's not the case. We need to be aware of our physical and our psychological well-being and that we're not infallible. So it's time to throw away the cape and become realistic about our well-being. So we know that the average male right now in Australia and New Zealand is going to live around 79 to 80 years. And that's that's actually stopped. We're not actually living much longer now. In fact, we think they might go back the other way, which is a bit of a concern. But it's not just about when we die because it's actually about our quality of life. And so it's no good being 55 and not being able to do anything, the things you'd like to do, which is really what quality of life's all about. So what are the big quality of life degraders for males? Number one, and even though we don't think about it very much, it's osteoarthritis and or osteoporosis, so the degeneration of our joints, which create that wearing out of the joints and the soreness and the hip replacements and the knee replacements and the shoulder replacements that we see so much right now. And with osteoporosis, even though one in two females in Australia by 2025 will have osteoporotic issues, one in three men will also have an osteoporotic issue. So that's a major issue. The second one is poor sleep. Now, one of my, probably my favourite topic to talk about is sleep. But what we know is it's not just about how long you sleep, and we know we're sleeping way less than we really need in most cases, but it's also that depth of sleep. So we've got to put some real priority to better sleep. We know it's poor fitness, poor body shape, and poor body sizes. So we're less fit, we're much fatter and the human male shape becomes a real issue. And it's also about our psychological well-being. And we, there's so much in the media these days about our psychological health, but we need as males to pay so much more attention because not only does that cause us to die younger, but it really does degrade our quality of health. And the last thing you need to know is your family history, your mum and your dad, your grandma and your grandpa, your siblings, because that'll give us a really good indication of some of the likelihoods of the quality of life degraders that you'll face as we get a little older. The Great Life Podcast with Ricky Langford. So when we look at the things that kill males or cause serious, serious injury, 
I'd like to go through it through the sort of stages of life. And as teenagers now, early adulthood, there are some pretty frightening statistics. The number one killer of under 24 year old males is still suicide. Uh, and that's a frightening stat. That's where we need to continue to work on our mental well-being or our psychological well-being. Road trauma. Now, obviously, suicide or mental uh, health or our psychological health can be screened and we can be coached. But road trauma, driving too fast, risky behaviour, that's a lifestyle choice and we need to be careful of that. Violence, you know, on the gas, getting into fights, Violence, we see so much of it now, uh, way more than perhaps we would have used to see. Well, that's also a lifestyle choice. And, and that now we're talking a lot more about alcohol and drug use and the, the significant implications for that very significant alcohol use and, of course, that rampant drug issue that we see with our youth in Australia. And that's also a lifestyle choice. So they're the things we need to be really careful of as teenagers. Then we get to our middle years. So we're talking, you know, in the late 20s, into the 30s and, and into the 40s, uh, and perhaps even close to 50. Well, of course, this is where the lifestyle diseases really start to come in for most people. Some of this can be genetic, but generally it's lifestyle. And we're talking heart disease, lung cancer, bowel cancer, prostate cancer, suicide still there. But most of these things are lifestyle based and we can get screened for. We can have health assessments done or we can simply know that they're not the right things to be doing for, for a good health. Suicide is also screenable. Remember our psychological health inventories that we can do. So now we're gonna get into our older years. So we're talking 60s, 70s, and if you're lucky enough through to your 80s, what are the big killers there? Well, number one, still number one, has been number one for a long time, is heart disease. And of course, that's generally lifestyle based with a little bit of genetics. But one of the reasons why the mortality age of the Australian male and New Zealand male hasn't has stopped going forward since 2018 is because heart disease is continuing to become more prevalent and it should have been going down by now. Number two is dementia and Alzheimer's, and we know that's a really major issue. We know that, of course, it might be lifestyle-based, and there is some genetics there as well. Number three comes in with the lung cancers and the, you know, the, uh, the pulmonary disorders, and then we see things like bowel cancer and prostate cancer. They're the big killers when we get to our older years. So a little earlier, I talked about the fact that our fitness or our body shape as males put us at more risk. Well, it's absolutely true. You know, typically for the vast majority of males, we're that apple shape. So, you know, sort of shoulders and then we're sort of waists and, and we've got skinny legs. You know, most men, you whip your shirt off and you've got this hulking upper body, of course, and then these little skinny legs down the bottom and this bit in the middle. And as we get older, typically it gets harder and harder to control the shape through here. Now, we know that that apple shape, weight being accumulated around our belly and around our top of our waist there. That fat that's stored there is much more dangerous to us. It's, it moves out of the fat cell and leaves all the rubbish behind in the arteries more easily and it leads to a lot of changes to our hormones. So having a waist-hip ratio, so your waist, which for men is measured just above the belly button, divided by your bum measurement, which is called your waist measurement, the widest part of your bum, if that's above 0.95 as a ratio, and particularly above one, you're at much, much higher risk for those chronic health issues like heart disease, type two diabetes, 
uh, stroke, hypertension, all the nasties that build up over time. How do we make sure we don't get too heavy? Well, of course, we all battle it as we get a little older, and that's about a good balanced diet uh, and some exercise. Talking about practical ideas for everyday problems. The Great Life Podcast with Ricky Langford. Now, prostate health. When we talk about men's health, everyone talks about prostate health. Well, prostate cancer is the most commonly diagnosed cancer in Australia, men, and the second most common cause of cancer death in men. Prostate cancer develops when, when abnormal cells in the prostate gland grow more quickly than in the normal prostate. Now, there are two types of issues here. We've got prostate cancer and, and benign prostate hyperplasia, which means that the prostate gets bigger. In both cases, it starts to change a few things in the flow uh, and the nature of urination, and it affects, um, you know, certainly can make, become an issue when it comes to erectile dysfunction and, and the like. So what happens ten, tends to be not a particular issue when you're young, but as we get older, certainly in, in, when you get to your 50s, around half of the males actually have a slightly larger prostate than normal. And once we get over 80, about 80% of men have got an issue with their prostate. Again, checks, see your doctor regularly. If it's a family history, see your doctor more regularly. Testicular cancer is a big one for men. It tends to hit younger men, particularly men in their late teens and early 20s more so than not. And that's simply that you get a growth of uh, tissue on a testicle and we need to check them. Much like women have their own, you know, check their breasts for, for lumps and regularities, fellas, we need to, to, to feel the boys and understand how they feel to make sure if there's any changes, we're aware of those things. So men, regardless of your age, if you find an abnormality, shape, size, soreness of the testicles, you should go to your doctor immediately. Waste no time. No matter what your age, one of the most important things that we need to do to stay healthy and to track our well-being is to know a few key health numbers. Tracking these and being aware of where they are will lower your risk for things like heart disease, stroke, diabetes and many types of cancers. So here are the numbers you should be aware of. BMI, your body mass index, which is your weight divided by your height in metres squared. Now, what we would love to see is everyone somewhere between 18 and 25. Now, that's the perfect range. But we also know that if you can keep it below 27.5, we know you significantly negate a lot of the major issues, but ideally below 25. Now, our waistline measurement, remember for men, that's measured just above the belly button. That waistline ideally needs to be below 100 centimetres, but in the perfect world, we know most risks will dissipate at about 94 centimetres. Now, this then brings us to the three big blood pathology issues that we're facing. One, of course, is blood pressure. Now, blood pressure is one of the great indicators of changes within the vascular system, and so we need to check that relatively regularly. Your blood pressure should be 120 over 80 or 110 over 70. But once it starts to raise to about 140 over 90 and above, we need to be very concerned. And often when it gets to that level, your doctor will want to put you on some medication. So of course, we need to be monitoring that quite closely. We also talk about your blood glucose. So what we'd like to see is a blood glucose level, that blood sugar that's floating around your body that helps provide energy, but also can, when it gets too high, create so much damage 
that needs to be somewhere between four and six roughly when you're, uh, when you're fasted. And then we talk about cholesterol. Now, there's a lot of debate these days around cholesterol, but a total cholesterol reading of below 5.5 or even below 5 is ideal. We'd love to see it in the low 4s or late 3s, but if you can keep it below 5.5, typically it's okay. Now, there's a thing about the ratios of the good and bad cholesterols, but first of all, let's just get it below that 5.5. So you're asking right now, how do I get my blood pressure, my glucose and my cholesterol? It's pretty simple. Just go and see your doctor or your allied health professional who can take those tests for you. So let's be proactive here. Let's work out what we need to do as males to stay healthy. Well, of course, food, 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 food. There are some basics. Five serves of vegetables and two serves of fruit. So many Australians, males, do not eat very many vegetables at all, almost per week, let alone per day. Make food a priority. 80% of your food should be stuffed that either grew out of the ground, walked across the ground, or swam. Unbastardised food is healthy for us. We need to control our stress. And I'm not, not just talking about people my age or older, I'm talking about the 15, 16, 17, 12-year-olds. From a very young age, we need to be equipping ourselves or being equipped by our families to understand how we think and feel. The use of the mental health continuum is a great tool to use so you can understand the way you feel and your changing behaviours. Take some time out to reflect on what will make you feel better and make you understand how you're feeling at any one time. Sleep's another one. I love talking about sleep all the time. Sleep is the cornerstone to our well-being. It influences our psychological and our physical well-being. So make sleep a priority. Good length of sleep, somewhere between seven and nine hours, and making sure that you're doing all the things that you need to do, sleep hygiene and preparation and routine, so you get a good quality of depth of sleep as well. That way, you'll certainly recover better. Okay, smoking. Give it up. If you do smoke, please take some steps to give it away. We know it's really hard to do, and we know that you might need some help, and there's plenty of help there for you. But compared to non-smokers, smokers are about 20 times more likely to develop lung cancers and significantly higher risk for all the other cancers. You know, smoking causes about 90% of those lung cancer deaths in males, and it doubles your risk of heart disease. So if you want to give up smoking, and you've tried and failed before, which of course most of us do for almost anything we do, we have to try and fail, go and see a health professional. They might be able to help you with other ways that can uh, allow you to give up the cigarettes, but you need to give them away. And last, but certainly not least of all, of course, is exercise. Now, we are designed to move, and like any machine, if you don't use it, you'll lose it, it'll rust up, you'd be better off wearing it out than rusting it up. So we need to exercise. 30 minutes plus a day is great. 20 minutes, and it doesn't have to be flogging yourself. It just has to be a little bit of activity. So 20 to 30 minutes a day, a bit more would be great. But if that's all you can get in, that'd be terrific. And remember, if you're struggling to work out how much you you get, get a pedometer, 10,000 steps a day is a great little template to use going forward. The Great Life Podcast with Ricky Langford. So I've already talked about stress, but I want to make another point about our psychological health. Almost half of the Australian males at some stage during our life will have an issue with this. Now, these problems can be numerous and they can certainly be complex, but the, and they can be attributed to a lack of awareness, 
um, that there's even a problem in the first place or a lack of wanting to acknowledge it. So men, it's time to take action. The first important step is to talk to someone about what you're going through, whether it be your doctor, your family, your friends, the EAP at work. You can talk you can talk to those fantastic men's lines, Beyond Blue, the Black Dog Institute. We've got Movember. We've got Are You OK Day? And we've even got It's Not About Me Day coming to you soon. So what we need to do is to grasp the opportunity to make ourselves better with our psychological wellbeing. So men, the real key to us being healthy, having that great quality of life and living a long, healthy life is that prevention is everything. Being proactive, early detection is the key. So it's about occasionally going to see our doctor, even though we probably feel okay, just at those key points. Probably every three or four years when you're younger, once you get to 40 every couple of years, you pop in to see your GP to get your blood done and have a bit of a chat. Knowledge is power, folks. We need to share and spread our thoughts and feelings. And once we get all those things right, we know you will live a long, healthy, happy life.